Welcome back to Lexi's Lounge, your home for mind, body, business, and marketing. If you've ever wanted to shift your mindset, but you really have no idea where to start, this episode is for you. Daniela and I are going deep in this episode about self-care, confidence, and different steps you can take to shift your mindset. So grab your drink and let's head to the lounge. Daniela, welcome to Lexi's Lounge. What are you drinking today? Um, I am just drinking water. I'm trying to be really good and intentional about staying hydrated because I just have a bad habit of forgetting sometimes. So (laughs) isn't that crazy how sometimes drinking water can be like the hardest thing to remember to do? Mm -hmm. I know until it's too late. And so they say, get ahead of it. So I always start my days with water, one big glass. And then, you know, at least if I can get it in early enough through the day, then by later on, I don't feel as bad if I don't. (laughs) Oh, yes. And you know what? Actually, it's interesting because Water is one of those things. If you incorporate it mindfully into your day, it actually can help you not water, drinking water itself, but the practice of keeping that promise can actually help you boost your confidence, which is crazy, but we'll get into that in a second. Um, first, can we get a little background on you, Miss Social Worker? <laughs> yeah, so I'm a mom of two. I have been a social worker for about 26, 27 years. I've been in a school specifically for 23. Um, I love talking about self-care and stress management, not just because it's what I do, but because I have found personally when I was going through a divorce, just how powerful it can be and really changing the tone of your day, your life, the people you're around, the energy that you not only put out, that you also get back in. And, and it's just fun, one of my favorite things. And I just get excited and, and kind of geek out on it. <laughs> yeah. I remember when I, I kind of hit rock bottom, like 2000, 18. That was one of my worst years and self-care incorporating it into my life completely shifted everything. It, it really helped me like realize where I was myself. Maybe let's just start with why people need to focus on self-care because I feel like we hear it all the time. We, we hear the take care of yourself, do this, do that. But then How do we frame it in a way where people actually are like, oh my God, that's me. I need this. Mm -hmm. I think because, you know, unfortunately it can be overused and we can kind of zone it out because it does get talked about so much, but I think we need to kind of acknowledge and recognize how much as women and as a generation we have changed over the years from having one role specifically possibly to now we juggle so many things and we get lost in the shovel and we just kind of like, We've overset our expectations to a level that if we don't incorporate these things, we get burnt out, we get frustrated, and we do none of it well. And we wonder why, you know, we become just angry and irritable and bitter all the times, not realizing it's not necessarily the things that are around us, but it's the things we're not doing within us to handle it all. Ooh, that's so good. And I think the thing that came to my mind when you were saying that was how a lot of people, they project what's going on inside of them onto other people. Like they're constantly looking at what other people are doing and how other people are saying things and how other people are acting. And, um, they can either feel like really enraged about it and triggered by it, or they can, you know, just spend entirely too much time just gazing at that instead of looking inside ourselves. And, I think that anybody who has been on a self-love or self-care or confidence rebuilding journey knows that Mm -hmm. the number one thing that you need to have 
is that awareness that that's what you're doing. And then sit with your emotions and feel those things because they can be so easy to put on to other people because they're uncomfortable. They really are. Absolutely. And when you talk about, you know, our confidence and meeting our expectations, you know, when, when our confidence is low, we feel sad, we feel down and people don't realize depression is sad. It can express itself as anger, which is why when we don't feel good about ourselves inside, that's why it can look like anger from the outside. It's not you know, anger specifically, it's just a sadness about that unfulfilled part of ourselves. When it comes to mindset, what is important for people to know about it? Like, I know everybody thinks, you know, sometimes people think life happens to me or they think, um, oh, well, this happened because of that person or so on and so forth. How can we really shift the script and the narrative to take that radical self-responsibility that also, and also take care of ourselves when we're going through that journey? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it might sound cliche. I love quotes and there's a quote that says, you know, life is tempered to what happens to me and 90% how I react to it, you know, and being cognizant of the fact that eight people have the same thing happen to them, but they will have eight different responses. And so the way we think about a situation dictates how we're going to respond, how we're going to think about it and feel about it. And our feelings then lead to our actions. So if we can, you know, take a couple steps back, slow ourselves down and really think about, you know, how is this going to affect me five minutes from now, five years from now, and then let that be a source of how we choose to feel and then how we choose to act. You know, that thought process can be so powerful in our responses to things and how we choose to, you know, let the world happen around us. Yeah. Okay. So what's the difference between a response and a reaction? I see reaction as more impulsive. Reaction is kind of like that gut momentary thing where response is a little bit more intentional. Reactions, at least in my case, have been a lot more of projections from what's what I'm feeling inside because when something triggers you, and that's usually when you have a reaction instead of a response, mm-hmm. it's really uncomfortable because if you actually go inside and identify the trigger, that's super uncomfortable. So a lot of times what we do instead is we push it onto other people and get that uncomfortable feeling outside of us and onto somebody else. Cause it's sometimes too heavy to bear. Right. It's their fault. Then at that point, it is hard. I know I've reacted at times in ways that I'm not necessarily proud of because, you know, we're emotional beings. That's part of what makes us human. I think being able to acknowledge those moments as opposed to project them and deny them and rationalize them and just say, you know what, that wasn't my best my best choice. That wasn't my best moment. And be able to, you know, acknowledge makes us vulnerable. I think it connects us because we all have those, those ugly moments and being able to learn from them and gives ourselves the grace to just be honest with ourselves and with the people around us. Mm, that right there, grace, giving yourself grace. I mm-hmm. realize that because most things are projections, like with my mom, for example, I'd be really I'd be really hard on her. And then I realized that's because I was really hard on myself, you know, and that took some radical self-awareness because for so long, I'm like, you do this, you do that, you know? And then I'm like, well, that's what I do, you know, (laughs) to myself (laughs) on the inside. So, um, I feel like that's going to be a huge trend in 2022 is, um, being vulnerable and, 
I know on my Instagram account just the other day, I shared five ways I epically failed in 2020. I, I saw that. That was, I loved that. That was so powerful and so great to hear because I think we do hide behind the successes and the wins and the money and whatever. And I loved that you shared, you know what? I had launches that didn't work. I had people that didn't respond and, and thank you for doing that because I think it makes it so much easy for the rest of us to just be okay with it. Yeah, I agree. And you know, I, I've, always been a person who I, I would say overshares, but I feel like I'm just an open book. And I, I truly believe my existence on this earth is to share my experiences in hopes it helps even one person, because if it helps one person, it's worth it. And mm -hmm. I've had people in my life that have been like, oh, you post too much on social media. But also like I on TikTok, for example, I posted my dad's whole journey with his stroke. And okay. I cannot tell I've had hundreds of people reach out to me and be like, hey, my family member had a stroke. What how like what kind of words of encouragement? How how's your dad doing right now? Mm -hmm. Like kind of help me guide guide my way through this. And mm -hmm. that in itself is so worth it. And I think something that we need to reshift the perspective of being vulnerable is that if we're only showing the winds and the and the peaks and not showing the valleys we are contributing to that highlight reel that fakeness that social media mm -hmm. is that we claim to hate but we're contributing to it that's that's well, interesting that and all the unrealistic expectations then that we are never measuring up to, that we're never living up to, that then contribute to the guilt, the lack of self-confidence, self-love, and all those kind of things. But I've truly found the, the power of vulnerability and connection. I, I think, you know, it's great to support our wins, but I think we truly bond and connect over the things we're vulnerable about, the things are hard for us because that's where we really become empowered not the easy parts but the parts that really break our our constructs and our thoughts down is where we find that strength and that connection with each other and and i've been really intentionally leaning into that more so much this past year or so yeah vulnerability i think in 2022 is going to be one of those huge things and i think it's another thing to note that vulnerability that is where leaders lie. It, mm -hmm. Just full transparency. If you can be vulnerable on social media, you are a leader because, well, and find the lesson, obviously. <laughs> You're just like, oh my gosh, I failed, I failed, and I suck, and you don't find a lesson from it, then I feel like that's really hard to lead people like that because it's like, well, where are we going? Um, but if you can find the lesson in every hardship in life and you can share those lessons and the context which is probably the vulnerable situation that automatically sets you up as a leader in your field because you're connect you're showing people like you said you can be a human and still be a successful business owner you don't have to be winning all the time because we know that if we're in peaks and valleys right it's mm -hmm. much easier to go down from the top than it is to climb back up because you feel like you you sucked and you're unsuccessful, but you don't live at the top. Right. You only learn when you're doing something you don't know how to do. You know, the rest it it might look good, it might feel good, but what feel good what feels good all the time isn't necessarily where the growth comes from. <laughs> I think it would be cool if we started from the beginning like we're doing like a, a general step one two three four even though everyone's journey is going to look different this is general mm -hmm. but 
if we want to really incorporate a good mindset, build a really good mindset, and then build in that self-care, where's mm-hmm. the first place that somebody needs to bring awareness to, to know that they even need this? Um, I think being aware of options, that there's more than one way to do things, I think is going to help break down some of those expectations we have. Because when we have an expectation, we kind of see a one-way path versus the fact that there's a bunch of paths and some of them may double back and some of them may circle around and that it's not, you know, by breaking down that one track expectation and looking at options, I think can help us start to then go in the right direction towards acceptance, self-love and self-care. Yes. Okay. So once somebody realizes that they have they're maybe not as confident as they want to be and it's affecting how they market themselves in their business or even try. Let's say they don't even try because they realize they are feel super insecure and, and not confident. What is the first thing that you would tell them? Um, I'd have them kind of look at those limiting beliefs and the thoughts of playing out all the worst case scenarios, because when you play out the worst case scenarios that are in your head, the first part is once you say them out loud, they start to lose their power because you start to hear them not in just your own voice, but you get to like in your head, but you actually hear them with your ears and you process it differently. I know that sounds weird, but you know, when, once you start putting things out there, whether it's on paper or you're talking to someone, you change the conversation. And so by starting to change that conversation, you can now hear it from the perspective, not about you, but if you were talking to a friend and they say things to you and be able to respond and come up with whether it's the worst case scenario and being able to accept it and be able to work through what parts of it make you uncomfortable. You know, anything that makes you anxious, it's not things you want to learn to avoid, but you want to learn to be comfortable being uncomfortable comfortable with that situation. And so it's, it's definitely, it's a process a little bit, but there's ways to work through it. But I think stuff is just putting it out there and then having that conversation of, well, why, why am I afraid of this? What's the worst thing that would happen? And how could you then again, look at options of, well, if this happened, what would I do? And then if this happened, what would I do? And so you start to get the control back of how it's going to play out. So when somebody posts something, for example, because they're finally, my closet light turned off, (laughs) because they're finally, they're like, okay, I push past this limiting belief and I just posted it. But Mm -hmm. once they post it, they feel so anxious. They feel like their skin is crawling. They feel like, oh my gosh, that person from high school is definitely screenshotting this and sending this to that other person that talks shit about me. What would you Mm -hmm. say to them when those feelings start arising, the anxiety starts to come up? Mm -hmm. That's where you change then again, the conversation in your head, whether it's through mantras and you know, meditation, whether it's through, you know, you have to kind of change the path that your thoughts are on. I almost look at it like there's paths in the wood and there's the well-worn path that is unfortunately that negative one. It's the one we keep going down. It's self-doubt. It's self, you know, criticism and all those kinds of things. And to create a new path, you know, technically you're creating a new neural pathway in your brain. You have to, you know, be able to change the spotlight, change the conversation and focus on those positive things. So some of it is just a distraction where you keep telling yourself the opposite. You keep telling yourself that's not true. You keep, you know, reinforcing that positive path because it is going to be so much easier to go down 
the self-doubt one, as well as then just distraction straight up, you know, go do something, go laugh with friends, go do the things that you know are going to build you up. And you kind of have to have like a preset thing of, you know, knowing yourself well enough to know, you know, this song pumps me up. These people make me feel good. These are the things that I am okay with about myself and lean into that and really be able to focus on that. You know, there's, I, I always butcher this quote. It's like, there's two, it's, I think it's an Indian quote or proverb, like there's these two wolves and, you know, there's a negative wolf that's always putting self doubt in your head. And then there's a positive one and the wolf you feed is the one that lives. And so, or that's the one that's stronger kind of thing. And so they're both going to be there. You're always going to have self doubt and you're always going to have you know, your pride and positives, but the one that's going to be stronger is the one that you spend the most attention with. Yeah. Something I've personally done that's helped me with limiting beliefs, which I'm going to ask you about in a second, um, mm-hmm. is I, whenever I get a negative thought in my head, first of all, you have to have the awareness of the thoughts that are going through your mind. But mm-hmm. then once you start realizing the thoughts that are in your mind, realizing that they're not true. I mean, you could have some really positive thoughts and you could have some really negative ones, but I want you to start looking at thoughts as like clouds that literally just fly by in your head. Because I know for me personally, up until the last couple years, I genuinely thought that the thoughts were in my head. I thought those were who I am and who I was. And only until I realized that the thoughts in our head aren't always us, could I be released from that. So can you speak on where <laughs> negative thoughts and those limiting beliefs that go through our heads subconsciously, where do they come from? Couple, couple places. Some of it, for whatever reason, a lot of the research I've read just says that for whatever reason, we are pre-programmed to lean towards the negative. Our thoughts just automatically go there, you know? So it is, while not necessarily alert, something we learn through school, but we should learn, you know, is to really look at how to reinforce that positive more, how to retrain those neural pathways, but it does end up being ingrained. I think sometimes too, you know, unfortunately everyone has had their own journey and childhood and experiences that contribute to those things. So many of um, our beliefs about ourselves come from experiences from when we were kids. I was on um, a podcast recently where they had us talk about you know, a moment from our childhood that impacted us. And I, I shared when I was in third grade, I had a classmate call me bossy about something. And I remember thinking, well, I don't want to be seen that way. And so I stopped offering opinion kind of, I became a, a more shy and withdrawn kind of person for a long time. And it took me, you know, till adulthood to kind of really unpack where that came from and getting comfortable being like, just because I have an opinion, and it might be different from other people's, it doesn't make it a bad thing, you know, because I think I internalized it at obviously a very young age, just from a, an, a social interaction as, well, you can't be bossy, that's bad. Yeah, that's so, so that's so funny, because I think on a previous podcast that I did, I had the same kind of experience where I realized that the reason why I suppressed myself and didn't speak up was because mm-hmm. I think it was in third grade too, actually. <laughs> where I corrected somebody's grammar and then the whole class was like, no, that's actually a word. It actually yeah. is not, but I mean, <laughs> it, it's not in that context, but it is in another context because the English language is freaking crazy. But 
I think I'm starting to think that most of those memories that like we have flashbacks to in our heads, I think those are like screaming at us, trying to tell us something because that's one of the huge things I remember. Um, there's a few other memories that when I think back to my childhood, there's only like, I would say less than 10 that actually pop up that I remember. So that's probably some drama, but I feel like the things that I do remember, those could help me put the puzzle pieces together of why I am the way I am. And I think that if, if people start to bring awareness inside their selves, inside themselves of what they're thinking, what they are doing and what they're putting out there, then I think that that is, that is key for a lot of people. Right. And I think that's the thing, you know, so many of these things, they're not taught to us. It's just assumed we're supposed to know how to figure it out and know what to do with it and try and have it all and do it all. Doesn't mean, you know, we, we know how to win that we should. Yeah. I, the thing I really love about where we are in the world right now is that the rise of mental health, consciousness, how your subconscious affects your mind, how trauma literally lives in your body. I just, mm -hmm. I love that this, there's like a collective, I don't even want to call it awakening because I don't really like identify with that word, but like people are waking up, you know, collective conversation that everyone's finally okay with, you know, we're, uh, we're finally okay talking about it. I remember, um, you know, when I was a kid, nobody talked about cancer. It was kind of the word that was whispered, you know, like, oh, they have cancer, you know, and it's sad that, you know, it, for a long time, it was kind of a diagnosis that people didn't celebrate, not celebrate, but, you know, like really share and feel comfortable getting support for. And again, now that we put it out there, you know, that vulnerability has become a strength. Let's walk for pink. Let's support purple. Let's, you know, wear ribbons. Let's do everything to help promote people not being afraid to go get screened, not being afraid to go get treated, not being afraid to really put, you know, what they need out there so that we can support them as a community. And I think mental health has become the same way. Me, you know, me too, all these things where now it's like those things we didn't think we should talk about, we are screaming from the rooftops. So this is your reminder, if you are listening to this and you have something extremely vulnerable that you've been wanting to share that's been on your heart, think about the impact that Daniela was just talking about, that somebody who decided to actually do something and talk about the cancer that either them or their friend or somebody that they're close to had to, and they created a whole foundation. They made a movement out mm -hmm. of vulnerability. So if you are thinking, oh my gosh, there's this thing I really want to talk about, but I don't know how it's going to be received just post it because you are making a movement with your yeah. vulnerability. And, and you're definitely not alone. Anything you are experiencing, there is definitely other people out there experiencing. None of us, you know, are a special snowflake in that way where we live in isolation from our experiences. We just aren't willing to share them. Isn't that so interesting that there's not even one human on the face of the earth that is exactly the same? but no human is alone in their experiences. Mm -hmm. Isn't that insane? Yeah. Oh, okay. So let's move into self-care before we wrap this up because we all need a good, we need some good self-care tips. So let's do like top three self-care tips that you would give somebody. I mean, obviously there's nuance, but two more. <laughs> there's so many, like I said, I could do a, like a whole separate podcast just about that. Um, because self-care isn't just one thing. It's not just 
you know, the, the time you get away for a spa day or a bubble bath. It is throughout your entire day. It's how you frame and live your life each day so that it has some ease and breathing room so that it doesn't feel like it's you know, overwhelming and burning you out. Self-care is how you take these moments and options throughout your day, integrate habits and systems and routines. And so that you create that kind of foundation of self-care and it's everything from how you sleep, how you eat, how you think about money, how you dress, how you connect with people, um, you know, how you move throughout your day. And so being able to consciously add those things throughout your day you know, how you organize your space, even so that when you walk in, it doesn't feel like another stress. Maybe you have that corner in your room that's your oasis and you take 10 minutes and you set a timer, you know, or whatever it is for you. And it's going to look different for each person. And every day it's going to look a little different based on what you need, but being able to like have all these different options makes it so accessible at every moment that you need it. Whether it's, I posted today, you know, you need to just take moments and breathe and take, you know, a 30 second breath, 30 seconds can feel really long when you're focusing on it and to take some deep breaths and to really be intentional. You start to lower your shoulders, your, you know, heart rate slows down. You get immediate benefits from some of these little shifts, these little, you know, micro habits throughout your day. Drinking water, like I said, is huge, you know, into how you think it can influence your mood, all sorts of stuff. So I don't know if that's exactly what I I think I went on a tangent, but no, you know, it's all these little things you integrate, you know, when you get dressed in the morning, think, you know, if you're having a little bit of a down day, you know, what outfit you love that you rock, that you feel great in pick that, you know, and that alone, that little bit of showing up a little bit differently changes how your whole day rolls out. So here's an example of exactly what Danielle was just talking about. So I, for a long time on social media was like, okay, I'm just going to show up as I am because it's me and I'm just going to be real and whatever. But there's the other side of that. When I don't get ready, I don't feel like the most empowered version of myself. Like I'll still operate and I'll still show up, whatever. But my example to myself is like, okay, if Warren Buffett called me right now and was like, Hey, we need a speaker for this summit or something, you know, can you show up in 10 minutes? If I wasn't ready I would be like, uh, I'd be scrambling, I'd be stressed and I would be like, oh my gosh, can I even do this? Mm-hmm. There's so much limiting beliefs in my head because just because I didn't get ready. But if I was ready for that day, like ready to take on anything that was thrown at me, just ready to, you know, serve and slay the day. Then if I got that call, I'd be like, Yeah. Sure. Okay. What do we want to talk about? You know, there's like that extra layer of when you are, when you feel the best about yourself, you operate at a higher level. So when I get ready for the day, meaning do my hair, put makeup on and put a cute outfit on, that's when I operate at my highest. Not that I don't Mm -hmm. operate other times because we need some balance, but Mm -hmm. that's something that has really shifted for me lately. So I think that that's... I don't even think I realized the difference, what it made, like, even though I knew about it until during the pandemic, I think, you know, we all took a step back and and dressed as comfortably as possible, whether it was our pajamas or leggings, whatever. And for whatever reason, a couple months in, I just, I I pulled up my jeans 
I pulled out a cute shirt and a belt even. And my family was like, oh my gosh, you look great today. Oh my gosh, what do you got? You know, like what's going on? And I didn't even realize like that small difference, but they saw it. And that's when I was like, wow, you know, what a difference. I should have started in the beginning with what self-care is because I, I realized that a lot of people think it is just the bubble baths and it is just the, um, go getting your nails done and you know, whatever. But I think the, when you started out by expanding on what that was, that was so good because self-care isn't just the spa days. It's also, it's also the sitting with really uncomfortable emotions. It's realizing that you need to set boundaries with a certain person or with your business or in your relationships. Um, Mm -hmm. it's, it's so interesting because I feel like a lot of people, when they think about taking care of themselves, especially mothers and women, it's Mm -hmm. kind of on the back burner because we have kids, we have businesses, um, we have families, we have social lives. It's so hard. And like yesterday, for example, I was watching both of my kids all day. My husband was at work and then he went and did some shooting tournament thing. And I was like, they were nonstop all day. I started thinking (laughs) to myself, I don't get a 10 minute break ever, 15 minute break ever. So how can I incorporate self-care into a day where I don't even have a break to hear anything but cocoa melon and screaming? (laughs) (laughs) But I think if you change how you look at it, I have even a freebie, it's called Mommy Needs a Minute Cheat Sheet that tells like, you know, here's 20 things to maybe do for your kids or do with your kids that you can get that 10 minutes that you need. And here's what to do with 10 minutes in a way that can move the needle just a smidgen. You know, because all we need are a couple smidgens throughout their day to get a moment, you know, and it starts small. I need this. Where do, where, <laughs> where can we get this? Because I know um, I'm not the only person who needs that. There's a link in my bio. It's called the Mommy Who Needs a Minute Cheat Sheet, and it's totally free as well as I'm open to any other suggestions, conversation about it, because I think that's where we get our best ideas is when we talk and share and collaborate together, you know? Yes. I'm signing up for, and I think for-, too, for our kids. I think sometimes we think we're taking away from them when we do self-care as opposed to realizing how much we're bringing to them. I know when I'm feeling at my best sitting on the floor and playing, you know, Peppa Pig or whatever they want to do at that moment, I'm more present and I'm more interested and engaged when I don't feel burnt out, when I'm not exhausted, you know? So taking those 10 minutes for yourself gives you another 20 minutes for them. Yes. And it's good to model it to them, how to take care of yourself and to set boundaries and to breathe when you get overwhelmed. I mean, everything that we do, even if we don't realize that we're teaching our kids, we're actually modeling and shaping the way that they are going to operate in the world. So if you get angry and like throw your Mm -hmm. phone at a wall, what do you think your kid's going to do? And you can't get mad at your kid when they do that because you're the one who taught them. I, I think when we talk to our kids and share that some of the things we need, I remember my son, he's older now, he's like 20, but when he was little once in middle school, he knew I was just having a bad week and I came home and he goes, mom, here to go have a seat on the couch and he had candles and he made me hummus. And I was like, oh my God. He's like, I just think you need, you need a moment. Like he saw it in me before I did. And he knew because we had talked about, you know, this was something I'd started to integrate with my family and my kids, you know, once I came to that place of realizing how important it was, you know, that they then can see, you know, that it's 
okay to support each other in it. And sometimes the person themselves can't recognize it, but recognizing it in the people we care about is important too. As well as I also learned, you know, I think as moms, we give up ourselves. We give up taking time for fun, doing the things we like to do. And I, you know, I found when I started integrating that back in, my kids loved getting to know me, liked getting to know the things I was interested in. And I think we think we're, ta again, taking from our kids, but I think it really enhances you know, the relationship you get to have with them by being somebody in addition to mom. Oh my goodness. I love that because I, I, for me personally, I have been like, I'm not just a mom. I'm a, I'm a person outside of being a mom too. Right. But I think it's hard sometimes to know the difference, but I love that there can be two versions of you at the same time, because in my mind, I was like, okay, well, I'm a mom when I'm around them. And then when I'm around my friends, like, and I don't have kids. I'm, I'm woohoo, Lexi, I'm fine. <laughs> you can be both. You absolutely can. They, you know, you'd be surprised at how interested they are in knowing, well, what did you like about this? Why do you do that? Or, you know, can you teach me? Which is great too, because then you get to engage with them on something. You know, I was knitting a couple years ago. My daughter's like, you know how to knit? I was like, yeah. I, you know, I stopped unfortunately, when I initially had kids and, you know, then she's like, well, can you sh show me? And it was this great bonding thing for us to do together. And, you know, that's where you find those moments of connection with your family, you know, that have nothing to do with money, that have nothing to do with anything other than just spending time together. And I think that's what we're all looking for in some way, but we don't know how to create that. Yeah. You know, for 2022, my word is simple because mm -hmm. everything that you've talked about before this, it's so simple and it's really just right in front of us, but it's all the mindset and the lens that we choose to look at self-care and mindset through. Mm -hmm. Oh, anyway, I'm looking at, I downloaded the <laughs> mom needs a minute cheat sheet and you guys, this is so good. I'm going to link it down in the in the show notes below, but you should definitely grab it because there's so many good, good ideas on here. Stuff that I'm going to implement literally the second I get off of this. Because definitely, you know, I think we all can bring our own unique spin and personality to it. And, and that's the best way to make it yours and to really then be able to integrate it seamlessly where it doesn't feel like work. It doesn't feel like an extra thing you're adding. Yes. I love that. Well, thank you so much for joining me on in Lexi's Lounge today. We went over everything from mindset to self-care, what that actually looks like. I love the lounge. This place is great, guys. If you haven't hung out here, Lexi's is the best. Yeah. If you want to be on the podcast, please go to my Instagram account. I have a highlight saved on how you can actually get on the podcast. And I'm open to anybody. I love interviewing people with intelligent minds creative ideas and controversial opinions. So, um, Daniela, where can people find you and how can they work with you? So I am on Instagram at bestie life, best underscore D underscore life. And then I also have a website, bestielife.com. Um, I'm on Facebook, but I think, you know, I love being able to have conversations. I also have a podcast, um, on Apple bestie life, um, where I share all these kind of ideas and tips. Um, I have a series coming out 
in January on four ways to create calm in your day. It's calm in the moment, calm in your mind, calm in your environment and calm in your life, which I think people like, as well as I have a chaos to calm mom method. It's a three month container program where I help you work right alongside with you. It's a high touch one-to-one -one program to help you work on your mindset, work on those systems and routines, find your balance and find that lifestyle loop of, loop of self-care every day. Oh, I love it. I'm going to link everything that she just talked about below so you guys can access it as easily as possible. We love the point of least resistance here, the path of least resistance here. Simple is the best, right? <laughs> yes. And that, again, is the word for 2022. We're going to make it simple for you, simple for me, simple for us, simple for we. Thank you so much for joining us in the lounge. Don't forget to share some love in the reviews, subscribe, and connect with us on social media. If you're an entrepreneur and looking for a membership of people you can grow personally and professionally with, I invite you to join the Editor Society. It's only $27 a month, and you get an exclusive podcast, which is called The Broadcast, trainings, downloadables, and so much more. Click the link below to join.